the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. ...others and to be self-focused. Once you set upon a course of disregarding the Word of God, or even reinterpreting it so that you make it say what it's not saying, you will inevitably lose your love for other people because all that really matters to you is you. Someone once said, a person all wrapped up in themselves makes a very small package. We all have the tendency to put our own selfish interests ahead of others. Only Christ living out through us in the power of the Holy Spirit can overcome this sinful trait. Hello and welcome to Verse by Verse, coming to you from Lakeside Community Chapel in Clearwater, Florida. Today, Pastor Steve Kreloff wraps up his message on the labor pains and the kingdom, part two. He will conclude his examination of the causes of professing Christians falling away from the faith when undergoing persecution. Here's Steve. Now, I want to stop here for just a few minutes and consider this whole thought about a professing Christian forsaking Christ and turning his back on what he once claimed to believe. Can this actually happen to a Christian? No. However, it can and does happen to many who claim to be Christians, but who are not. See, there, there are many people who, without being converted, are attracted to Christianity. For a host of reasons, many reasons, I can just throw out a few. They're not really saved, but they're in a church, even a healthy church that proclaims the gospel, but they're not really saved, but they're attracted to Christianity. Why? Perhaps they think that being associated with Christians in a good local church makes them look good, makes them feel accepted. Many just like the thought of being identified with people who have high moral standards. That's how they were raised, and that's where their comfort zone is. Some, some who are unconverted actually have positions of authority in churches, and they like that. They get no respect in other places, but in the church they get it, and they like it. Still others just grew up in a church, and you know what? That's part of their culture. They wouldn't think of life without a church. Their mom and dad took them to church. Grandma and grandpa were there, took them to church. That's where their family was. That's, that's what they naturally know. That's their culture. Others may be in a church because they think it's good for business. We're better than to make all these contacts. But there comes a point and there comes a time in every professing Christian's life when he or she is faced with the high cost of being a disciple of Jesus Christ. And they have to decide if they are going to pay the price. In other words, he's going to be faced with some type of test, some type of difficulty, that if he follows what Jesus has said in his word, it's going to cost him something very, very dear to him. That is to say that if he is going to really follow Christ as a disciple of Christ, should, it may cost him something. What? It may cost him his spouse. It may cost her, her spouse. If in following Christ, the spouse says, you know what? I'm out of here. I'm out of here. It may cost you a good relationship with family members, someone you've been very close to, 
but they're not going to want to be close to you when you claim to follow Christ. It may cost you your job. It may cost you your reputation among your peers because you can't do those things that they do. It may cost you your job because they want you to do something that's unethical. It may even cost you your life. It will cost you something. Whatever the cost is, it will reveal the truth about your relationship with Christ. If it's a real relationship, a relationship born out of conversion, then you will be willing to suffer for Jesus no matter what. No matter what. But if it's a fake relationship, if it's an artificial relationship, superficial, then you will choose not to suffer at all because Christ is really not your Lord. He never was your Lord. And the difficult test just revealed it. That's all. It just revealed the truth. See, the Bible very clearly teaches that those who are true believers will persevere during the hard tests of life and be true to Christ, regardless of the cost. Now, we may have bumps in the road. There may be times where we will, as Peter did, cowardly deny him. But that's not the general trend of our lives. We will not renounce him. We will persevere through all the hard tests in life. But those who are not true believers will forsake Christ and the gospel at the first hint of a rough test because the cost is just too high for them. While things are going well, they're doing fine. But the first sign of things not going well, that it might really cost you something to come to church on a Sunday, they're not coming. They're not going to pretend that they know Christ. They're not willing to pay the cost of being one of his followers. They no longer pretend to do that. They're out of the closet. This is why Scripture speaks so much about continuance and perseverance as a mark of a true disciple. It's not that perseverance makes you a true disciple. It's that if you are a true disciple, God has done a supernatural work of regeneration and salvation in your heart. The Holy Spirit indwells you. You've been given a divine nature. You cannot, nor do you want to abandon Christ. You will persevere. Jesus said in John 8.31, if you abide in my word, then you are truly disciples of mine. Abide means to continue. It's not a fair weather follower. Abide means to remain. First John 2.19, John said, speaking of the Gnostic teachers, they went out from, from amongst us because they were not really part of us. They weren't true believers, for if they had been part of us, they would have continued with us. But they went out that it was manifest they really were not part of us. True believers continue. Unbelievers do not continue when times get rough. Now, going back to Matthew 24, understand this. It won't only be the high cost of discipleship and the fear of being killed that will cause many to forsake Christ and betray family members. But during the tribulation, Jesus spoke of two specific factors that will contribute to so many people turning away from the gospel and turning against believers. He mentions the first of these contributing factors in verse 11. Many false prophets will arise and will mislead many. Now, you may look at it and say, but didn't you already mention counterfeit messiahs? Yes, this is not the same thing. Here we're, we're talking about false prophets, false teachers, not counterfeit messiahs. These are just heretics. These are not heretics who claim to be the messiah. Every era... Every time period has its share of false prophets and false teachers. But in the years of the tribulation, there will be a noted increase in these false prophets who will deceive and mislead many. They probably will be working alongside of these counterfeit messiahs, trying to recruit individuals to their 
heretical belief systems. And they're going to succeed in many cases. And note this. It's in misleading many away from the truth of the gospel of Christ that apparently will contribute to so many individuals falling away from the faith. It isn't just the fear of persecution. It will also be that you have error going out that's very attractive. So why should I stay here and be persecuted as a Christian when I'm really not, when I can join this religious association and everything is fine? So during the tribulation, false prophets will lure many people away from Orthodox Christianity by proclaiming error that they'll embrace. And these spiritual defectors will have no qualms about betraying true Christians, even family members who will be in hiding from the government. Now, why will they be so cold? Why will they be so heartless? It's one thing to leave a a religion. It's another thing to be so cruel. Well, Jesus went on to say in the very next verse about the second contributing factor that will encourage people hating and persecuting Christians during the tribulation period. He said in verse 12, because lawlessness is increased, most people's love will grow cold. What a statement. The Lord teaches that during the last few years leading up to his return, society will be characterized by lawlessness. That is to say, there will be an increase in personal wickedness. Remember, the moral restraints are off. The church is not here to influence anybody. People then will have little regard for any standard of right or wrong. Now, no doubt this lawlessness will include the breaking of human laws, but I take it that what Jesus is talking about here is the disregarding of God's laws. That's how the word lawlessness is used most of the time in Scripture, and that would seem to be the context here. No one's going to pay much attention to God's laws. That is to say, during the time of the tribulation, there'll be an increase in moral misbehavior so that every man will do whatever he wants to do without any concern for the laws of God. His conscience will be deadened. There'll be no church to say that's wrong. Believers will be in hiding. Every man will do that which is right in his own eyes. Now, that only makes sense then that because of the rise of false prophets luring people away from the truth of Christ, that many then will embrace the errors of false teaching. And at the heart, note this, put this together, at the heart of all false teaching is a love for oneself. A love for oneself. That's how people become cold in their love for others. They become consumed with themselves. So when the truth is put on the shelf and you have no concern for God's word, then the only concern you have is for yourself. And when you have a concern for yourself, your love for others grows cold. I'd like you to look at 2 Timothy chapter 3. In 2 Timothy chapter 3, Paul says what we can expect in the last days. As I told you, we are living in the last days. The last days have been since the first coming of Messiah. But in this context, Paul says what what false religion is like and what false teachers are like and what the people who follow them are like. If you want to understand our world today, then you need to see what Paul says in 2 Timothy chapter 3. There's a form of religion that the world has. This is an age of spirituality without the gospel for many. But notice what Paul said. 
2 Timothy 3, verse 1. But realize this, that in the last days, difficult times will come. For men will be lovers of self. Lovers of money, boastful, arrogant, revilers, disobedient to parents, ungrateful, unholy, unloving, irreconcilable. What that means is no matter what you try to do to reconcile with some people, it's not getting done. It's not getting done. It's not happening. It can't be reconciled because they're so stuck on themselves and so arrogant about their own positions. They're not listening to anybody else. Malicious gossips without self-control, brutal, haters of good, treacherous, reckless, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. But note verse five, holding to a form of godliness, although they have denied its power. Paul says, avoid such men as these avoid, avoid teachers like these. Even though there is a facade of religion, there is a form of godliness, but it's only a form. There's really no virtue. All that false religion is, is a call to a self-focused style of life that disregards God's laws. And as I said, when people have no regard for the word of, of God, all they think and care about is themselves. And their love for others declines and grows very, very cold. That is to say, when people are consumed, folks, with loving themselves and doing whatever pleases them, gives them pleasure, their love for others becomes frigid. They don't have a love for others. That's why so many during the end days will be involved in betraying those people they once cared about. Former church members will turn in church members, people they, they sang hymns with and songs with in church, people they sat next to, people they served with on committees in churches, they're going to turn them in. Family members are going to do that. How heartless is that? Brothers are going to betray brothers. Fathers will betray their own children. Children will rise up against their own parents and have them put to death. Now that is as cold as it gets. That's the world then. But understand that there is an important and a timeless principle for all of us to grasp. You don't have to live during the tribulation to have a cold heart towards others and to be self-focused. Once you set upon a course of disregarding the word of God. Or even reinterpreting it so that you make it say what it's not saying. You will inevitably lose your love for other people because all that really matters to you is you. If you choose to reject God's morality and live any way you please, then the only one that really matters in your world is you. And when you become the center of the universe, then other people don't count at all. The only thing you see other people doing is being used by you. How can they benefit you? That's why during the tribulation, people are going to be so cruel and, and heartless to betray even their own family members. But it happens today. It happens today, even though you may not be betraying family members. The, the principle is the same. Turn away from the word of God and live for yourself. And I guarantee you that you will grow cold in your love for others. Others that you once claim to have a heart for. Listen, this is the reason why certain individuals who once professed to follow Christ, but then abandon him, can become so nasty, so uncaring, so cruel in the way they treat those they 
they said they once loved. It's because in rejecting God's standards of living, they've decided to live for themselves in their own pleasures and therefore no one else matters. It's all about them. And they may come up with all kinds of religious sounding excuses and reinterpreting of things and twisting of things. But essentially, it just means they're living for themselves. In heating up their love for themselves, their love for others has grown cold. So Jesus has given us two factors, two factors that will contribute to so many people falling away from the faith and betraying others during the tribulation. There'll be a large number of false teachers who will lure them away from identifying with the gospel of Christ. And secondly, with so much false teaching going on, people are going to have no regard for God's truth at all. That'll lead to unrestrained love for their own sin and themselves. And when that happens, they will grow cold in their love for others so that walking away from Christ and betraying others just won't bother them. They will have a deadened, calloused conscience. But understand this. True believers will not, nor can they ever walk away from Jesus and reject him. At times, as I said, true Christians may falter. Who of us would say that I've never been cowardly? I've always stood up for the gospel. No, all of us, if we're honest, would say, you know what? There were times I could have I could have been more bold for Christ. We understand that Peter did that. He denied the Lord, but then he repented. And that's what happens with a true believer. We at times are cowardly, but we repent. We get back on track. And generally speaking, we speak up for Christ and we will never ultimately renounce him. And Jesus predicts in verse 13 that as dark as the tribulation will be, true believers will not renounce him. They will be faithful to him to the end. Verse 13. But the one who endures to the end, he said, will be saved. Now, let me explain. Under such intense hostilities and pressures, believers living during the time of the tribulation will be tempted, no doubt, to renounce Jesus Christ and escape the threat of death and persecution. Who wouldn't be tempted like that? Your, your life or you renounce Christ. But Jesus tells us right here that true believers will not renounce him. No matter how troubling the circumstances are. He says that the one who is a true Christian during the days of the tribulation will endure to the end. And that one, he said, will be saved. Now, I need to clarify what he means by this. Understand, the Lord is not saying that all Christians who endure to the end of the tribulation will be saved because some Christians won't make it to the end. That's what we've been studying about. They're going to be killed. So he can't be talking about making it to the end of the tribulation. No, I take it that what Jesus is saying here is that the one who remains loyal to him, regardless of the persecution he faces right up to the end of his life, that one will experience the final aspect of his salvation, which is glorification. The one who endures to the end of his life and doesn't renounce Christ, that one is truly a believer. It's not that his endurance ever saved him. You can't merit your way to heaven by endurance. It's that you are saved. And one of the marks of being saved is that even in the face of death, you will not be disloyal to Christ. And Jesus said that one, that one, even to the end of his life, true to me, will experience the final aspect of salvation, which is glory in heaven. You see, although the, during the tribulation, the Antichrist 
and the people of this world will try to stamp out the gospel by killing and persecuting believers, they're not going to be able to do it. Not only will true believers remain faithful to Christ, but God will see to it. Note this. God will see to it that the gospel message, instead of being silenced, will be declared throughout the whole world. That's what Jesus said in verse 14. This gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in the whole world as a testimony to all nations, and then the end will come. Now, how is this gospel going to be preached to the entire world? Where you're going to have to come back next time to find out. But what each of us needs to keep in mind today is where we stand with Christ. Where do you stand with Jesus Christ? If called upon to follow Christ or renounce him, are you willing to follow the Lord at all costs? It's very easy to say that in a comfortable environment where you know your life's not threatened. But what kind of a commitment do you have to him? The cost could be very, very high. Are you willing at all costs to follow him? Cost of losing someone dear to you. Cost of losing, as I said, your reputation amongst your peers. Losing your job, your money, your life. Are you willing to pay that cost? If you're a true disciple, you are. There's no question about it. You will follow Christ regardless of any pressure put upon you to renounce him. But if your relationship with Jesus is so fragile that you can be pressured into abandoning him, then you really have no relationship with him at all. All you have is a superficial association with Christianity. So I urge you, if that's the case, before it's too late, repent of the way you've been living. And the way you've been living is by loving yourself. Turn from your sin of loving self, living for self. Turn to Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. He died to pay the penalty for the sins of those who would believe in him. So believe in him. Believe in him today and experience what it's like to be forgiven and a genuine disciple. Let's bow for prayer. Lord, these are dark days coming upon us, coming upon your people will have been raptured, but dark days coming upon believers living during that time. Help us to learn from what will happen then and to, to learn the timeless principles. Lord, there could be dark days coming upon us in our culture. Serious persecution. Help us to be so fixed upon Christ and his word that no matter what it costs, Lord, we will follow you. Help us to not be surprised by this. Help us to not stumble when it comes. And I pray, Father, that even as someone perhaps now is going through a severe test of their faith, I pray that you will give them great encouragement from this message, that they know that he who began a good work in them will continue it till the day of Christ Jesus. But Lord, I pray for those who just have some type of superficial relationship with Christ and his church, I, I pray that they'll be convicted, convicted of their need to truly repent and trust the Savior. Lord, we'll see in times to come when persecution hits, churches will be very small. True believers will be smaller in number, but may we have a pure, may we be a pure people determined to follow you regardless of the cost. We pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. 
This concludes the third message in this series of eight messages on the Olivet Discourse from Matthew chapter 24. In our next program, Pastor Steve Kreloff begins a message titled, The Abomination of Desolation. What exactly is it? When will it take place? What will be the after effects? Make plans now to be listening. You can listen to this class or any of the studies from this series by going to our website, versebyverseradio.org. Click on Message Archive, then Sort by Date. There are many messages available to you for free downloading or streaming online. Verse by Verse comes to you from Lakeside Community Chapel in Clearwater, Florida. The chapel's address is 1893 Sunset Point Road in Clearwater. Pastor Steve would love to meet you sometime. If you are looking for a church home, you would be most welcome to visit during a service and check the facilities and programs available for the whole family. The chapel's phone number is 727-441-1714. Thanks for listening today. I'm Jerry Pruden. See you next time on Verse by Verse. You've been listening to Verse by Verse, sponsored by Verse by Verse Ministries. This program was pre-recorded. To learn more, including how to donate to this ministry, visit versebyverseradio.org. That's versebyverseradio.org. There is a key phrase throughout Genesis chapter 7 that makes... Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.